This is the official HITS training and consulting podcast. We are America's law enforcement canine training resource. We're raising the training bar for police dogs everywhere by discussing the intricate details of the training techniques used by the experts. HITS radio is merging the training world with the real world. You've been there. We've been there too. Welcome to HITS radio. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer. Today, I'm excited about this show. I have a friend of mine, uh, Rob Lucasen from the Border Patrol, who's going to join us. He's going to talk about the Border Patrol's extensive canine program and uh, just a little bit about uh, what they're doing on the border and, and how their program works. And a lot of good information here. Rob has, uh, and I've been friends for quite a while. We met uh, when I still had a publication, and he did a lot of articles. And Rob teaches for us at HITS, um, and he's always also at, at every HITS, and he's always there helping out with everything so he's a real big part of our hits seminars so if you've been to hits i'm sure you've probably at least seen rob if not met him um and he's got a pretty uh, interesting career that he's had so far in the border patrol so instead of me trying to go over it i'm going to introduce uh, rob and then uh, uh have rob kind of talk about his background a little bit so how are you doing today rob doing good thank you appreciate you inviting me to your uh, your podcast i really enjoy these yeah absolutely i'm glad to have you can you tell us about your uh you're starting off with your career there, what you've done. As you know, I'm in the Border Patrol. I've been in the Border Patrol uh, going on uh, 25 years now and been in canine probably 20 of those 25 years. You started out as a handler. Uh, I know you did that, and I think you were in the Tucson area as a handler. Yeah, yeah. I started off as, 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 a, as a handler. Um, I, st- I started off in, in California. I was at the uh, the San Clemente checkpoint right there, and, uh, and then uh, – Promoted, uh, promoted West, so I, I promoted there and uh, became an instructor in El Centro, California. And then from uh, El Centro, California, I promoted to uh, an instructor canine coordinator position in, in Tucson, where I oversaw um, 80 teams. So in, in that position as a, as a coordinator, you're like the lead trainer for all the teams in that area, is that correct? Yeah, I'm a lead trainer for, for all 80 of the teams that I had assigned to me in, in, in various uh, disciplines, uh, narcotic, search and rescue, patrol, track and trailing, uh, you know, all the disciplines sure. that we employ. And you, and you had a working dog yourself too. So you're out on the road working at that time too, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, absolutely. So that sounds like a, a pretty busy position. <laughs> it, it is, but, but uh, I would, if I had to do it all over again, I'd, I'd do the same thing over again. It's uh, no better job in law enforcement than canine, I think. Sure. So from, uh, from the coordinator spot, I think then you uh, moved to El Paso. Yes, from from the from the coordinator position in Tucson, uh, I, I promoted to uh, what they call a a CDI, um, which which is an instru- course developer instructor position at at the Border Patrol uh, Canine Academy, uh, which uh, we train 250 to 300 dogs a year. So so from there, I was I was part of uh, um, starting off there. I was a part of 20, 20 other instructors who uh, we teach you know, classes all year, all year round in, in various. I think the first time you and I met, you were there on like a temporary assignment, I believe. Yeah, I used to, I used to, I used to detail there uh, often uh, to help them uh, teach classes at, at the academy. Then, then yeah, you're right. I finally, finally, I got a, I got a per- permanent position out there, you know, after I, after I got enough experience under my belt. So is that kind of the natural progression there that you start out with a, a leash in your hand, learning how to, how to train the dog yourself. And then you, uh, get a few dogs and then more dogs. And then you end up, uh, if, if you're interested yeah. in doing that, you, you have to 
you have to kind of go back and forth to El Paso several times before you actually get assigned there, I imagine. Correct, correct. That's the, that's the natural progression. Just, just like uh, I'm sure all the other police departments, you start off as a handler, uh, prove yourself as a handler, maybe uh, maybe dabble in a couple of disciplines, uh, then become instructor. Uh, and then if you want to go from there, you, you apply to be uh, an academy instructor uh, where you teach everybody over the United States. And then from there, I promoted, well, while I was a staff instructor, I promoted to a, a training operations supervisor where I oversee all the training there at, at the academy. So I guess I'll tell you one difference there is that in my progression going from handler to instructor and, uh, you know, the unit trainer, uh, I probably, you know, by the time I was the unit trainer in, in our, in our agency, I probably had it, you know, had a good solid influence on maybe 10 or 15 teams. By the time you were in El Paso, you had a, a solid influence on what probably 500 teams or so. So, oh, at least, at least, I yeah. mean, especially, especially in a, in, a, in a staff in a staff position where you oversee uh, multiple groups of dogs. You know, every yeah. class we have four or five classes a, a year. Exactly. So, so you weren't there every minute of the training, but I'm sure when problems arose, and you know, you were able to jump in and kind of use some of that experience. Yeah, my, my, my job as a staff instructor is basically like a mentor. We, we go over and you ensure quality insurance. Everybody's uh, training toward uh, um, as per curriculum and, and, and policy and, uh, and just ensuring that these new instructors, these new, uh, the, the, the new guys are getting the train, the full train that, the, that they're required to pass the course. Sure. So from, uh, from El Paso, you moved on after that too, I think. Yes, yeah. So from El Paso, I applied for a position in Washington D.C., uh, which uh, which is called the, the National Program Manager, which which uh, for the Border Patrol in in CBC in CB, CBP you have the Border Patrol and the OFO, which is which is Customs. Um, uh, to, together, they they make up the operational arm of of, of CBP as far as canines. Uh-huh. And the Border Patrol has nine hundred dogs nationwide. Then OFO uh, Customs, they had roughly 400, 450 dogs a year. Wow. And you were overseeing all those? Yes. And, and, all, and all those 900 dogs, that it was comprised from the 20, 20 Border Patrol sectors that we have nationwide, from, from the coastal region, the northern border, to, to the southwest border, which is our, uh, you know, our busiest uh, sure. sector areas. So, um, I know, and obviously, I know, I know a lot of this because, you know, you know, I've been friends for a long time, but... Uh, I, like I think some of the really interesting things about the Border Patrol, not just the massive numbers, I think that it's a massive program that I have firsthand knowledge. I've been down there. You've had me down there to teach a few times, and you know I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. But the the quality and the the instruction, the dogs, the handlers, it's it's absolutely far above average. And it, I almost would think that. A lot of times when you're talking about 900 dogs, it's going to be kind of the, the gamut of a few good ones, a few bad ones, and a whole bunch of mediocrity. And that's not what I've seen. And I think um, you and I talked a little bit about before the show, we talked about the, the layers and how the, the program works. And I think if we could kind of touch on that a little bit about, you know, the supervisors, uh, you know, come from within and all that, I think it, it, it it's a good outline to show how even if you have a very large program or if you have a six dog unit that you're going to be a supervisor of, there's good takeaways to kind of show how you guys have kept up what I can attest to is, is quite good quality over a massive, 
size program. No, no, I, that, that, that's a good point, Jeff. Because because uh, uh, I myself, I, you know, I've been around a little bit, and I, and especially going to uh, various seminars, you know, including HIT, where I where I come in contact with a lot of guys with smaller programs who don't have uh, you know the same kind of uh, structure that we have. So please don't get me wrong. I'm not, sure. I'm not saying our structure is is, is anybody's. It just it just works for uh, the type of uh, remote areas that we're we're deployed to. We have we we rely on our guys being independent and and not having to uh, go to a certain location where we have SMEs and instructors. We have to have that available to us out in the field. Sure. So our 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 program, instructor based program, uh, where um, we have roughly of the hundred teams, we have approximately 250 of them that are instructors. So we have that instructor cadre that's uh, you know, sprinkled all through the southwest border, northern border, you know, the, and the coastal regions. Yeah. Uh, just to have that um, availability to, to the handlers out there in the field. And, and these, these instructors are, are handlers, handlers at will, at, sure. as, as well. Uh, and in addition to the, those instructors is, is our supervision. Our, our supervision um, comes from from our, our canine cadre, just just for that reason, because because we're we're, we're uh, we work in a lot of remote southwest uh, border regions, and uh, we have to we have to have uh, expertise, subject matter, knowledge uh, readily available, and and, yeah. and, and and people who have hands-on experience in the canine unit, being a handler, being an instructor, uh, uh, just to just to keep our keep our teams uh, performing toward, uh, you know, as per policy and sure. keeping us that, safe in court. And that keeps you from having a first line supervisor who just because they have no canine experience uh, might, you know, push the, the handler into doing something that's out of policy or maybe bad training or something just because they don't have that experience. So if I'm understanding you correctly, all the first line supervisors that the handlers are dealing with at some point have had a leash in their hand. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's a, it's a requirement. We, we just feel that, uh, the, the supervision uh, can't uh, is is more suited the uh, the yeah. canine cadre sure. uh, deploying the field the teaching field, and that's where I think you know some some smaller departments don't have that luxury. You know, you have to get the supervisor you get that maybe they worked it out, maybe they didn't. But I, I guess I, I like talking about the way it's set up. Like I said, in a massive program, that there are some takeaways that maybe if you're a supervisor and you never did work a dog before. Take that as you know. Here's a here's a very large successful program that you know you're now that you're a supervisor. You might not be working a dog, but go and learn about working the dogs. Go to some classes. You know, try and try and get some more knowledge as opposed to just uh, worrying about the admin stuff. And also, you know, try and learn about the dog part of it because it, it definitely helps. It's been my experience. Yeah, it definitely, definitely. The the the, the canine aspect, the the canine unit aspect of it. Um, is is better better uh, managed and supervised in the field rather than the office. Uh, if, if, if I can sure. make that comment, it's, if you have a guy in the field with you, yeah, yeah. So as you rose through the ranks, when you ended up having a, a DC office, obviously you probably didn't have a lot of leash time at that point when you were still in DC. No, no. All all I all I did was was share with uh, my knowledge and experience that I did have, and and and. And ensure that the guys in the field um, had the tools and equipment and uh, and the money that they that they needed to to be successful. Yeah. That's that was my job. 
And and which what's a better job, Rob, being in an office doing that or being in a field with a leash in your hand? Um, I much rather. <laughs> I, prefer, I I prefer the leash in my hand, but I I I've grown. You know, you know, sure. my I'm, I'm I'm older. I'm older now, and, <laughs> and I come to appreciate the aspect of, uh, of of taking care of the guys. Yeah. You, know, you you and I probably started around the, around the same time and. And and I wish I had someone in DC looking out for for us, like yeah. you know, like like it had evolved, you know, today. Sure. Yeah, I get that. I guess it. That's where I look at your career, my career. I'm still following a dog around, and and you're going to retire as a probably a wealthy individual. And so I think you're a lot smarter than I am. But uh, I think we both had had fun. It's just a, a different different career paths for sure. Talking about the Border Patrol, when we start talking about this many dogs. Um, that just seems monumental, but um, I've learned a lot through you about your whole agency. So that's a, I'm sure that's a big budget item and a big part of the Border Patrol, but in the grand scheme of things, when you start talking about how many uh, agents you have and your whole budget and stuff, canine isn't really in it, like one of the, is it, is it in the top 10 or? Um, no, no, actually, actually, um, I, I have a stat burnt, a stat burnt in my head that I used to, I used to pull out of my pocket all the time for for budget times because <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually uh, canine, the, you know, the, the nine hundred uh, dog figure, yeah, four percent of the border patrol's total 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 uh, population, total agent yeah. cadre. Wow! And, and four and, and us four percent, we we were responsible for fifty percent of all the uh, apprehensions in the wow. border patrol. So that was that was always impressive to, uh, especially when we're asking for money to increase our budget or uh, sure. you know whatever whatever other kind of stuff I wanted to get the guys. So sure, and, 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 and it's, the the fifty percent of the time a canine is in a human apprehension or or narcotic apprehension, yeah, you name it. Yeah, and you guys are as far as using dogs. I know there's multiple disciplines, so you obviously everybody knows that you guys use it for drug detection, but you were telling me that, that the most important part is actually not drug detection, right? Exactly. The, our, 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 the, the primary function for, for the canine unit is, is human detection. We can seal human detection. And as everybody knows, um, a, a majority of the, uh, the border patrol canines are deployed at, at, at checkpoints. And, uh, and that, that's the, that's the immigration that they use there at the checkpoints sure. as the immigration to, uh, to uh, um, detect concealed humans. And those dogs are usually multidisciplinary dogs, where they'll do a few different things at once. Um, the, well, the, well, they'll do uh, concealed humans and, and narcotics. A lot of times, they'll have track and training on too. So, uh, but that's that's usually the yeah. the, the basic menu. Of, yeah. Of dog at a check. So here's something that I'd like to touch on real quick while we're talking about your program because I think it you you showed it to me years ago. You guys demoed it for me when I was down there, and I think especially with some of the the BS that we hear about, you know, mean border patrol and ICE and all that stuff. Can you kind of talk about the the backtracking training that you've done for for some of your SNR dogs? Oh, that yeah, it's 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 it's, it's really unique and 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 it was a and it was and it was a uh, part of the a part of the search and rescue discipline, um, just for for uh, that was that was developed for uh, life saving. Yeah, because um, a lot of times uh, these these groups of, of people that, that cross the border and travel in a desert, 
Um, we won't encounter them until they're, you know, five, 10 miles north in, in, into the United States. And, and sometimes when we, when we find the group, um, you know, they're, they're, they're exhausted, dehydrated, you, you know, you, yeah. I'm sure you can imagine in hot summer. And then they'll, what they'll say is like, Hey, we, we left grandma or grandpa or, or, you know, you know, someone, yeah. uh, we left them two days behind. So what, what the backtracking, uh, a certification does for our search and rescues. It allows <clears throat> it allows um, that dog to track from where we where we apprehend that group. Um, we backtrack that group all the way to uh, you know backwards. We usually sure. most tracking tracking sure. disciplines are forward. Yeah, you know, you're, you're usually behind the people. Well, these dogs are trained to uh, follow the sign backwards, and uh, that's how we uh, we rescue a lot of people. Um, that were left behind in the group who couldn't make it, who were sick, or you know whatever yeah. the case may be, injured. Yeah, and I did. That's just. I think that's one of. I'm sure there's a million examples that uh, you know. I don't want to be too political, but the fake news and stuff doesn't put out there that that you guys are out there. You guys are saving lives out there on a. On, I guarantee yeah, on I, a daily basis, you guys are saving lives. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, even even the even the guys on the, on the checkpoints are saving lives because they. They, um, these, these organizations put these people, uh, in the very, uh, uh, bad situations by, you know, putting them in trunks or, you know, sure. various types of vehicles. And, uh, and, um, these dogs, I, I say they, they, you know, when they, when they find these people in these, uh, precarious positions, um, they're actually saving them because, you know, you, you know, who knows how long these people are going to be driving yeah. to where and, and they, you know, be around when they open up the the truck door yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And they're locked, they're locked in there. So, I mean, I, I agree. So I'm sure that's a big part of the mission. Obviously uh, we know your dogs find uh, um, lots of drugs. What are some of the other disciplines that you guys are, are focusing on right now? Um, we, we, we still, we still have the, um, the patrol uh, discipline. It's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's one of our smaller disciplines and it's, and it's reserved to our, uh, our, uh, our SWAT, our SWAT unit, uh, which is Bortec. Um, so we usually, we have roughly, uh, um, I don't have exact numbers sure. in front of me here, but it's, it's probably, probably 40 or 50, 50 patrol teams, uh, nation, nationwide. Um, so, so when we talk about that, those are dogs that will actually apprehend people by, by biting them and your other yes. dogs that are out in the field will obviously find them. But, uh, I'm sure, you know, I don't know what the stat is. Maybe it d- doesn't really matter, but the number of people that are bitten by the border patrol is minuscule compared to the number that you guys find using dogs. I'm, I'm sure. Right. Right. Our, 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 uh, our, uh, our detection cadre is, is passively indicating they, 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 they sit when they become a person or, or narcotics. Yeah. Uh, whereas, uh, whereas our patrol, it's, it's a bark and hold philosophy that we, that we uh-huh. create those dogs. So they're not they're not fine to bite. They're they're barking holes in, and they will do have a you know a, a override which sure. they deploy. And those are used more in situations where you have you have some some indication that there's violent violent people coming over or they're, they're not they're yes, not yeah. on routine patrols when going out. Absolutely, those are those are special specialty units. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, and, and, and as far as, uh, and as, far as uh, uh, you mentioned, but. And stuff like that. I think more uh, more handlers are bitten than than civilians uh, <laughs> are, are bitten out there. Uh, <laughs> so it happens sometimes. <laughs> but I think I think it's I think it's uh, 
when I first met you, you guys didn't have dogs that, that actually bit people. And um, I got to see the, the final result before you guys deployed in the field. And that was just one more thing that showed there, there was nothing, um, nothing quick about that decision. I know there was a lot, a ton of training and a ton of thought and policy and everything that went into that. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know how many years ago it was that I was down there when I got to see that, but um, sounds like it's been very successful since then. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually, actually yeah, we uh, we piloted the program in two thousand eight, and uh, and uh, and I believe you and I met in uh, I want to say two thousand four or five. Um, yeah. But, but but nonetheless, we didn't start the the patrol program until two thousand eight, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't taken out of the pilot status until two thousand nine. And uh, just like any other program, it's 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 evolved, and uh, you know the the policies uh, has changed and. Sure. and Standards has changed, but uh, yeah, it's, it's developed. It's you know, just like anything, it's, it's still developing. Yeah. And um, as far as the number of teams that you guys have, is that state kind of stagnant, or is that on an upswing or a downswing? Right, right now, it's 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 a uh, uh, it's it's right now we're just maintaining. It's uh, we're just repla- we're replacing. Uh, uh, yeah, that we're, keep, we're keeping up with attrition. That's sure. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so we're and that up. that alone, I can only imagine on any given time, you guys must. I, I mean, I've seen your facility. I know that you've got a lot of dogs down there, so you guys must be buying dogs and trying to to procure dogs. That's that's more than a single person's full time job, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. When when I was the program manager in DC, we we were retiring 100 plus a year. Yeah, and uh, and, and then. And then we're training, you know, 200, 250, you know, 300. It's, you know, the offset, you know, you take a couple steps forward and then you take a couple yep. steps back as an attrition. Yeah. And I know, I know agencies that have a, a hard time getting, you know, finding one or two suitable dogs a year. So I, 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 I've seen, you know, down there when you guys had some vendors bringing dogs in and um, it's that the, again, it's just a, such a large program trying to manage all those different uh, things has got to be some, sometimes monumental. Yeah, and and and, the, and the, as you say that the, the two 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 main important aspects of of our program is is the instructor program like 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 I mentioned yep. and the selection process is is the is another important aspect yeah. of it. That's what makes a program. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think, and again, I, I I have seen I've seen good quality. You know, the times I've been in El Paso, I've seen what I, what I thought was good, and I think the other thing that I liked about your program that I think was was different if we could touch on that is I, I was down there I was teaching we were doing an e-collar class I remember and what I saw in the handlers was uh you know they're very open to you know a little bit different stuff that I was presenting the handlers that were decoying were actually waiting in line to decoy the handlers that were running their dogs were out you know they have a dog running they have a dog on deck it just seems like the um, atmosphere that's created there is it's a it's a no BS atmosphere and, and it seems like um, it, you you either work hard and do your job right or you just find another home there is what it kind of seemed like to me. Yeah, absolutely. And, that's, and as 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 I mentioned, the selection process for the canine is important. It's just as important to select the right handler for for, for the position because uh, you, you don't want to have a uh, you know, a shit hot canine, and, and and team them up with a guy who uh, who's just uh, showing up. Yeah. Minimal, you know? 
And you guys have the ability to, to move people from assignments. It seems to me on the surface, it didn't seem like it was that hard. To- no, absolutely. It's a, it's, it's considered a collateral duty. And, uh, and uh, just like any other collateral duty in law enforcement, uh, uh, it can, it can, it can be, can be changed as, as uh, needs of the agency. Yeah. I just, I, some, I think some agencies get kind of bogged down and, you know, we're, we're tired of this handler, but we're scared to move, you know, the person for whatever reason. And, I think uh, I could only imagine how detrimental that could be, you know, if if you had a lot of that, you know, because everything. Yeah, if you're stuck with those guys, yeah. When when you have, and then if you had lots of those out in the field that you were counting on to do the training, and they were they were they weren't helping you, you know, all that. So, uh, and on that mm-hmm. same note, I, I guess the other thing that I think is interesting about your program is you know you talked about the layers and everything, but um, it, everybody when they're out in the field they are expected to follow whether you're handler or trainer or supervisor, or whatever you guys all follow the same training, same philosophy, same handling. It's absolutely, it's, it's gotta be uniform, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. What, what, how they, how they're trained and maintained in, uh, in, in Florida is, is the same, uh, same way they do up in, uh, up in Washington state. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I've always been involved in smaller uh, canine units where we're able to, to, you know, adapt new training and stuff, which has been fun, mm-hmm. but I understand why on a, on a large scale, you know, it's kind of like a, a big boulder yeah. that trying to turn around is a little bit hard sometimes for us to learn that we learned in 19, uh, 1993 because, uh, NCF El Paso didn't open until 1993. What, what we had was, it was similar to what, uh, local law enforcement had. We had for the whole border patrol, we uh, three or four different, uh, vendor trainers types all over the United States and everybody teaching their own. Yeah. And, uh, it became problematic in court and in, in training. And, and, and that's when, uh, some smart people got together in a room and, 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 uh, started, the the, the NCF. Yeah. And, uh, where they're, where they're trained and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. I think and it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating program. And, and like I said, I think, uh, uh, in future programs, I want to pick your brain a little bit about like maybe some supervisor issues because uh, I I would imagine with the number of teams that you have overseen, when you talk about you know just random supervisor issues, I would think it's hit your desk at some point. Whether it's the the Labrador biting the neighbor's dog or or whatever, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of different weird issues that maybe happen once or twice in an average supervisor career, and and you probably have had to deal with quite a few different things and probably have some le- lessons learned on that. Yeah. And, and what I recommend anything to, to your, your canine supervisor is, is be uh, intimate with the canine policy of, of your department. That's most important to make, ensure that your teams are being deployed and, and according to that policy and that, and that the teams that you are responsible for are, are familiar and intimate with that, with that policy. And hold them accountable. Um, that, and hold them accountable uh, to be part of that policy, right? Absolutely. And 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 uh, as policy violations uh, come up, they're they're dealt with uh, as as you know as they are severe. If they're severe, then uh, we need to take action, and uh, we need to you know preserve the program and sure. ensure that uh, items are dealt with. Yeah, I think sometimes. Uh, you know, supervisors want to be the friend and, and, you know, try to 
look the other way on little things and then it keeps getting worse and worse. So, well, I know you're, I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate you taking a little time this afternoon to, to talk to us. Um, and we're, like I said, I think we'll follow up on and talk about some, just some standard supervisor uh, things that, that you've learned over the, over the years of, of, you know, managing a large program. So I appreciate it. And, uh, Thanks for all your information about what the board pulls up to, and we will be talking to you very soon. All right. Appreciate it, Jeff. If you're looking to make an investment in your canine career, come the HITS 2020. There's no substitute for the real thing. Whether you're a new handler who's looking to learn more about dog training or an experienced trainer who's looking for new training ideas and techniques, come the HITS 2020 where the investment is well worth the return. HITS 2020 will have more classes and more vendors who give away more free raffle gifts and free cash than ever before. HITS is the world's largest canine seminar and is open to police officers and military members. Our experience makes the difference. You've been there and we've been there too.